Blog Talk Radio. This is Byron Saxton from WWE, and you are listening to FXE Live. <laughs> Yes, you are listening to FXE Live. I am the Fantasy Jester on this absolutely beautiful night. I know I say that pretty much most of them. Uh, sometimes we have a little rain, Florida rainstorm, but not tonight. Absolutely gorgeous. D-Land, Florida, that's where I'm coming from, and it's a beautiful night. I hope it's just as nice wherever you are listening Thanks for joining in. We've got a, a fantastic show tonight, our wrestling show. We're going to have JT. My, you know, JT's with me pretty much wherever I go. Uh, I'm starting to worry if that's really my shadow sometimes. And also, uh, as always, good old FXE is going to bring Joey Cage, one of the local guys, in. Also a writer for FantasyJesterSports.com who actually brings you FXE Live, FantasyJesterSports.com. That is FXE Live. We've got the football show on Thursday, the Gridiron Guys, and Fantasy Jester show every Saturday night. And uh, what we're going to do tonight, because a lot's happened since the last time we've talked. How you doing? A lot's gone on. We've had Battleground. We've had a phenomenal Raw. And then on top of it, SmackDown Live. So we've had a lot go on. We're going to break that down. We're going to talk a little bit. We'll start at the beginning. We'll go with Battleground first, then we'll go to Raw, then we'll go to SmackDown Live. That's going to be the show. And what we're going to do tonight is I want to talk real quick. We're going to go commercial-free tonight because there's so much to talk about. And I know once we're into it, time's going to fly. So I want to go ahead our big sponsor is Deep Obsession. They're one of our big sponsors, besides Bread from Your Bed. And today, I, I'm back fresh from a Deep Obsession charter. Now, Deep Obsession is run, one of the owners is Ryan Walton. You've heard him on the show. And now, like I said, he's taken over this boat, taken over the charter. and It's out of West Palm. My wife went, Mrs. Jester was on the trip. I was on the trip. Matter of fact, there was a media kind of day on the boat. Channel 5 was on the boat. Channel 5 down in West Palm. Great. Jason was on there from uh, Channel 5. Great guy uh, doing a piece on, on lobstering. And that's what it was. We were going lobstering today. And absolutely fantastic trip. I mean, you know, I'm glad we were with Deep Obsession and not whoever Warren Sapp was with, because it seems Warren Sapp was out there doing some lobstering and uh, got got a little nip 
on the arms. Nothing major. He must have been doing something to mess with the shark, to be honest with you. Um, but I want to go, before we start, and we're going to start real soon here, but I just want to go ahead and say thank you so much to Deep Obsession Charters. First off, Captain Sue over there. Uh, Sue was our captain today. I had the opportunity to sit and talk with her and ask several questions. She was absolutely phenomenal. She asked every question. I was a pain in the ass, to be honest with you. But she answered every question, and she was just unbelievably knowledgeable. Then uh, you had Roger Haddix on there, one of the guys, one of the, master, uh, one of the uh, dive masters on the boat. Fantastic guy. Uh, really will take you on, on some great adventures. Great diver, great guy, funny guy. I mean, he has some great stories. You have also another diver, uh, Autumn Sherman. She also do- uh, dove today with Mrs. Jester on one of the dives. Uh, she was her buddy. Absolutely fantastic young diver. Made it fun, knowledgeable, hard worker on the boat. That's one thing I did notice. Uh, one of the bubble watchers besides myself was Walter and, uh, Walter again, great guy. Here's what I came away with. And this is what I want to leave you with about deep obsession charters. I noticed for everybody on the boat. Now it was a good sized crowd today. I mean, this, they keep busy and rightfully so because of how they treat. I saw firsthand how they treat their, their divers, the people coming on board. You, you, you treat it like family. And I, I'll tell you, I was on a, group, on a boat with a group of strangers today. And by the end of it, okay, you felt like you were with family. Everybody laughing, telling stories. Great time. Absolutely great. Deep obsession charters. We are now commercial free the rest of the way. As we go ahead, I'm going to bring in JT, Joey Cage, and get right at it. First of all. My shadow, me and my shadow. I guess I'll quit that. All right, JT, how are you tonight, sir? I'd be better if I was your shadow. It sounds like I would have been out on a, a deep obsession tour, uh, enjoying myself instead of uh, slaving away here in Columbus, Ohio. You know, you never know. I, 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 you've got a sponsor, and. You kind of figure, okay, you know, I, I've talked with Ryan a couple of times. Seems like a nice guy. But you got to see exactly firsthand how he runs his business and, and how the people under him that work with him, how they go about it. And I'll tell you, I can't wait. We're looking to go back down in August. I mean, we're going to turn around and go I'll back down you. probably in, in a couple of weeks uh, just for another great dive. I, I can't wait. I'm excited. Uh, Blue Heron Bridge down there is is absolutely JT, the stuff that you get to see that they take you on. But like I said, the best part is knowledgeable, will answer your questions, and fun. I mean, like I said, the group of people, I swear, I'd never met these people before. We got off the boat, everybody's shaking hands, hey, hugging, bye, all this stuff, talk to your (laughs) school. Everybody's like family. And it starts because they start as a crew first going over the very first thing they go over. Okay, which is very nice. It's reassuring. The very first thing they go over with everybody is every bit of safety, what they've got set up for safety, and and they go over all that. And then right from there, though, 
they're the ones that started making you feel like, oh, yeah, you know, you're diving with family and friends and just let's have a good time. Like I said, great people there, JT. When you come down, I, I want to take you out with us. Oh, definitely. I'm up for that. So looking forward yeah. to uh, recapping some wrestling here, too. You know, uh, started off great with Battleground, got even better with Raw, and then we had typical plain old SmackDown last night. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, and here is the problem, though, okay? Raw did a phenomenal job with the show. I oh, mean, they did really, You can't say, uh, to me, that was one of the best shows in years. Absolutely it was, you know, and, and I was thinking, man, Battleground was, was good. Raw was great. SmackDown, I mean, it's their new show. This should be off the hook. Yeah, they left it on the hook and left it wrapped, if you, as far as I'm concerned. So it was terrible. You know, um, and we're about to bring in Joey Cage, and he's here in studio with me. And before I, I bring him in, they, they, I just had somebody go get him from the green room. And did I notice that maybe you guys don't uh, are starting to not agree on some things uh, in the production meetings? Did, did I catch that? Well, kind of you window? know, I it sounded to me like he was feeling SmackDown Live last night. You know, and the only thing I learned is. Even if someone as powerful as Shane McMahon can't do anything with WWE uncreative, because that's my new name for him. They're WWE uncreative. So. <laughs> I... Nice, nice. That was that was good. Well, here we go. I want to go ahead. He's he's just sitting down now, and naturally, you know, one of the things I I kind of asked Joey as he sits down. Hi, Joey. How's everything tonight? How you doing? Pretty good, Jester. Got a few things to say to you, Joey. JT. Jester, I'll let you go first. Nope. Uh, I noticed uh, you really – is that bottle always attached? The Coronas? I, I noticed that <laughs> again tonight. I'm looking at – and you know what's funny? You're laughing, JT, but so is the production crew all staring at me with a Corona in their hands. I mean, this is what's happening. Oh, you know, that's his And this is only on Wednesday nights. It seems like it only that's, happens on the Tim Wrestling Show. You're right. That's uh, well, shadow. I honestly so, feel. Yeah. Oh, JT, go ahead. Oh, no, I just said that's your shadow. He, you know, uh, Jester called me his shadow earlier. Well, that's yours, the Corona bottle. So, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And every time I come on the show, you know, FXC Live is about talking about wrestling and having a great time. And uh, that's what I, I aim to do every time I come on the show is to talk wrestling, you know, uh, discuss it with you guys and to have a great time throughout the show. You know, JT, I don't know. I I wasn't really feeling SmackDown too much, honestly. And I got to say that, I mean, Raw did so much better. Uh, You know, Shane McMahon and WWE Creative, I I think they got pretty creative with the two title matches. I don't think anyone saw Finn Balor and uh, Dolph Ziggler in those title matches. We'll get to that in a second, though. Oh, see, and that's where I think they ruined it. It's not not an indictment against Dolph Ziggler. He's a hard worker. Uh, He's a good performer, but we've seen Dolph Ziggler versus Dean Ambrose several times in the last few months. You know, I thought this was supposed to be fresh and new matchups and, you know, give me something different. So, I mean, even in that title match alone, give me Bray, you know, give me somebody else. Heck, even do like they did with Finn Balor and and, and give me Apollo Crews. Um, You know, just something different than Ziggler and Ambrose. To me, that. That just that doesn't even scream interesting. 
Well, and that's where that's exactly what you're talking about is the difference between Raw and the SmackDown show is Raw came and brought the new talent right out right out of the gate. They brought him up, they called him, <laughs> and they he went high right in the draft, and uh, well, they showed why they yeah, wanted and they, him. And they, and they featured him. They featured the guy. You know, he put on a phenomenal show. You had the woman's belt change hands. I mean, why didn't you know talking about the women's belt? You know, Raw didn't have a heavyweight title. They created one. Well, where was SmackDown's women's championship last night? You know, what reason do we have to watch the women's division on SmackDown? Where's their belt? You know, I just didn't see, like I said, it's WWE uncreative at its worst. Yeah. Well, let's get back. Let's get back to how we got there, too. Um, we have the whole battleground and what happened there. And, you know, first, I, 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 I want to start with something silly. Uh, and that's just me. I like to laugh first, and that's exactly where I'm going to go. Is uh, was that some of the best uh, work on the mic by Enzo? I mean, oh, I, I've noticed. Yeah, yeah, I have noticed, boy. Though I have talked to people about him recently, and there is a distinct line that you either love that kid or you hate him. I talked to a guy uh, on on the. Uh, on the boat, and I absolutely can't stand Enzo. And I'm like, would you say, would you say that may be a, a geographical thing? You know, someone such as yourself that's, you know, from a similar area to him, kind of understands what he's saying and the whole attitude. Where maybe somebody else, where you really don't get that kind of attitude, just you know, he rubs them the wrong way. Without a question, without a question, that is exactly it. Um, and, and you got to understand, though, that it's still, in the end, it's a shtick. It's a comedy routine, and he happens to be, whether you get the attitude behind it or not, um, I don't know. I still find it as funny. Uh, I, I, he's comical. I mean, you, it's not a Jersey thing when he, I mean, just the way he moves even. His stupid right. little dances right. and stuff like that are just, it, it, it's goofy, it's a break from the rest of the show. He's entertaining, and I just think that battleground that was that was some of his best stuff. I mean, that was it was. You know, I wow. I tweeted out something during that show, and it's funny because they're both from pretty much the same area. I'd love to hear him and Paul Heyman go at it on the microphone against each other. I would love to hear those two go back and forth because I I I hold Heyman in high regard as far as his mic skill. Uh, as the advocate for Brock Lesnar, and I think Enzo could hang with him. It would it would be funny uh, to see, yeah, exactly what would go on there. I uh, I don't know. Heyman's been around the block a while. I, I wouldn't put anything past him. Uh, you know, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love Enzo. All right, but Heyman's Heyman's been in the business a while, and he's used to being on that mic maybe just a little bit longer than Enzo. Just so. a little bit, I, right? I, I give I think I'd give him the edge in this one. Uh, be honest with you. Be fun to listen to, though. Oh yeah, yeah, that would be great. Listen, Joey, I want to ask you. Uh, I noticed the kind of the waste that uh, to me. I, I don't get what happened, and I don't get where they're going with all this. The Miz and Darren Young with the double count out. 
I mean, what was your, I mean, what do you feel about it? What are they doing there? Well, I think it's pretty ridiculous that they build up Darren Young with what they were doing. Uh, the Miz, who's one of the more underrated heels on the roster, you have him as well. And, I mean, the double count out, that really, it, I mean, that's the end of their feud, and that's a terrible end to it, I mean, if not for anything else. Um, it's a pretty spotty way to keep the belt on the Miz and give neither guy any momentum whatsoever going forward. Uh, I, th- I just think it was a terrible finish to the match altogether. JT, what do you think? Well, you know, speaking of terrible, what the hell was the Miz wearing when he came down to the ring? Oh, my you God. Know, that mask. <laughs> I was shouting. I was shouting at the TV, take the mask off, but then I was afraid he would because he – there's not much difference underneath, but like Joey's saying, you know, you, you give Darren Young, Bob Backlund, you give him this big push, you give him a spot every week on Raw, um, you have him win the Battle Royal over some guys that do have some momentum going, and then you double that, you know, count out. The Miz is a waste of time uh, at this yeah. point. Uh, he's done something to upset Vince. It's obvious. I mean, the guy, like Joey said, he's a talented heel, but – they're obviously not going to give him any kind of a push. And Darren Young, they, quite frankly, I think I'd be embarrassed if I was him. That was my big comeback. So, the, uh, yeah, waste of time on that. The quality, too. Uh, it was just, I wasn't crazy about the match from, there was no, I mean, a storyline, There's just everything about it. I just wasn't. Hey, Maurice well, was there, though, so there was some positive in this. That was, and man, I'm sorry, folks. Uh, that she looked great. She really did. She always does. Uh, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Now, conversely, though, if I, I'm about to make a statement. I want both your opinions on this one. Best match I've seen all year. If you put it all together, storyline, the match itself, the guys involved, the quality of the wrestling. Everything like that. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, best match in all areas that you've seen all year. JT, um, you're gonna laugh at me. I'll put it in my match of the year uh, discussion, but I still want to go back to WrestleMania. The women's match at WrestleMania to me is still one of the best matches I've seen this year. Yeah, but you, I don't, you know, here, I question. I'm not, and don't get me wrong. It was a fantastic match. High risk move after high risk move. Uh, It was clean. It looked good. Um, You know, fantastic match. I'm just, every time there's a great match in WWE. I go with the storyline, though, too. Well, you know, your storyline's been going on, like, for how many years now with these guys? Um, well, but that's the point. I get it. It's been going on since childhood. These guys, this is childhood kids. And, you know, I know we've seen it a bunch of times, but to see it that last, what, you know, it seems like they're pushing that as it's going to be their last one together. I have That's a feeling a they're going to push them in a separate way. Yeah. They're going and to push them in a separate direction. It was a fantastic direction. match. It really was. I'm, all I'm saying is, is anytime there's a great match out there in WWE, uh, everybody wants to call it match of the year. I still thought the uh, Shield three on three or, you know, three versus Three one 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 was, you know, a great match as well. So, uh, you know, I also thought it was great because I picked Dean Ambrose, 
and somebody texted me before the match and went against Dean Ambrose, Jester, and then Joey didn't pick Ambrose yet again. So when's Ambrose going to get some respect here? Well, I think that Ambrose definitely gets the respect, and uh, you know I, he's he's a great wrestler, uh, and he absolutely deserves to hold the belt. That was the right thing for WWE to do. You know, it's funny. After I wrote my article, I remember saying to myself, you know, if they want to give SmackDown Live any kind of energy, any kind of momentum going forward, they likely would, you know, keep the WWE Championship uh, in, on SmackDown Live. So I think that. You know, ultimately, it was the right move by WWE. Uh, all three guys put on a great match. But just to answer that other one really quick, I mean, being completely honest with both of you, that match between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, in my opinion, was hands down the best match of 2016 thus far. Um, and the, the main event with the Shield guys, you know, that was the second best match on the card. I think it was pretty obvious, at least in terms of crowd reaction and uh, quality of the match, that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn absolutely stole the show. And uh, as Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer put it, WWE might not have had a match like that since Punk Cena at Money in the Bank 2011. And which is why... Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Wait a second. Why are we mentioning the man that um, predicted the... Uh, tag team partner of Sasha Banks incorrectly. Shouldn't we talk to you about who actually predicted that correctly weeks ago? Before yeah, we, it even came we have about 50 or 60,000 people that we can talk to if we have enough time that predicted that incorrectly. Um, just kidding with you, Jesse. <laughs> Can't give you too much credit. No, no, no. I, I Listen, I know that, and I live with that, and that's okay. Um, I, I, you did I'm have the pictures to prove it, though. Good, good like that. I had the pictures, I had the pictures early, and like I said, it was just, I happened, you know what, honestly, though, it was because I was at the event, I was able to see what went on, okay, and who had the glasses, and who, how Sasha Banks actually was given the glasses, and she wore them, so it was like no big secret to me, because, hey, I've been to the house show, I saw who had the glasses, you know, it was, you know, just being in the right place at the right time. Okay, but it feels so good to be right. I'll tell you, it does. It does. When you can go, listen, when you can go on social media right now, all right, Fez437 for JT. We've got fantasy underscore jester. And, folks, I am coming up on 10,000. Hey, how you doing, gang? How you doing? No, seriously. Gang, thank you so much. You have no idea. JT, you got, listen, I went into this and you always hope for success and hope that things would go and 10,000. You guys are great oh, no, in this short of time. I'm getting there. Oh yeah. I, I didn't, you know, cause like I said, I don't know much about Twitter. I, I didn't, I really hated the idea of going on there and everything else like that. And now it's just like, wow, thank you guys. I love you too. Thanks for the support. Hope I don't let you down. Anyway, back to the uh, wrestling, though. Enough about me. I could go on about me all day. Um, back to the wrestling. I'm waiting for a JT snicker there. Um, <laughs> nah, I'm just yeah, yeah. New Day, and, and this is probably the last one I'll go over with Battleground. New Day and the Wyatt family. 
Why uh, family started on this match? Why family goes ahead, they win. And what'd you say, JT? Go ahead. Oh, I just that one really set me off. You know, you you basically are are breaking up and disbanding the Wyatt family. So let's go ahead and have them beat the current tag team champions. It does no good for anything in the tag team division. Uh, not to mention they were about to have their big party for breaking the record for you know amount of time of holding the belts. But now let's go ahead and have them lose to the Wyatts, who we've already broken up anyway. Again, another typical WWE uncreative move. Uh, what do you feel? You you agree on that, uh, Joey Cage, Joey Corona? <laughs> I think that I don't know if I would say it was an uncreative move, as it more so was just like they kind of outsmarted themselves on it. They kind of just thought more into it than they should. I mean. It it certainly didn't give the New Day any momentum. And, I mean, there is no Wyatt family, so it didn't give them any momentum. Uh, some might say that it benefited Bray Wyatt, but, I mean, not really. And now that he's not with the Wyatt family and he's a solo competitor on Monday Night Raw, he's not, you know, he didn't get anything from that match whatsoever. And having the, like JT said, having the tag champions lose, uh, in such a meaningless match, it, you know, it was just, it was terrible. And, I mean, it was poor booking. Uh, two great teams, two, you know, a bunch of great guys that I love seeing perform. But the finish and, you know, all that was just terrible as well. Well, Joey, mm-hmm. and I want to ask you, you know, you look at that match and then you look at what happened to the New Day with Gallows and Anderson following night. And I'm not trying to get into that show, but it's almost like a double whammy on the new day. I mean, it really made them look weak back to back was my thought. I think it made them look weak. And I think even more so, you know, the program with the club, I'm telling you now, uh, one way or another is going to end with the club as the tag team champions. Uh, I think WWE recognizes and has, you know, it's, it's been said they're a big fan of Luke Gallows now. Um, and that this will ultimately end with them holding the title. Now that the New Day has broken that record and, you know, can boast that claim, um, perhaps at SummerSlam, marking a year, you know, uh, for them. But either way, I think that this feud will ultimately end with the club holding the belts. You mentioned in the article, okay, you asked the question, and now, you know, I want to ask JT, and I'll give my opinion. Does the WWE eventually inject Enzo and Cass into this picture here? And uh, you said you hope so, but do you think they will? Uh, I honestly think that they will because, and the reason I say that is because anything else for Enzo and Cass would be killing their momentum. Anything else at this point for arguably the hottest act in WWE right now. I mean, certainly you know, so over with the fans, you know, they're doing so great. They just had that program with John Cena and AJ Styles. I mean, anything less for them, for them to challenge the golden truth, I mean, would be ridiculous for them to challenge any other tag team at this point, other than vying for those tag team championships would be killing their momentum. And I think stunting their growth. So I think WWE almost has to, at this point, absolutely enter them into the picture. Well, and speaking of that kind of matchup, then, uh, isn't that what WWE did with them versus the Shining Stars? 
Well, I, I think that was more so like a squash match in a way because, I mean, that was, you know, the Shining Stars are entering the program with the Golden Truth. And, you know, those two teams are probably going to vie for the SummerSlam pre-show uh, spot or something along those lines. But um, I, I truly don't think Enzo and Kaz are going to be in a long-term program with the Shining Stars uh, or the Golden Truth for that matter. But, I, I mean, there isn't a tag team for them to feud with other than the top tag teams in the division for the title. I truly believe that. And, I mean, those guys deserve it. Enzo did A-plus mic work. Uh, at Battleground. I mean, absolutely amazing work. He is really uh, coming to his own as a star. I think he's actually steadily improving in the ring, too. And the more he gets these matches under his belt, the better he'll be. And, and the same with Cass. I mean, they've really grown so much lately. And I think WWE recognizes their talent and is going to put them in the tag team title picture. You agree there, uh, JT? What do you feel about Enzo and Cass? Well, well, Joey, I'll do one better. I think WWE has already entered them into this into this uh, fracas. Uh, you've had them battle with the club, with John Cena, with AJ Styles, so they've already got some work with Gallows and Anderson. So, right. uh, like you said, SummerSlam, you're looking at you know a good possibility that title change in hands. I honestly think you'll have your you'll probably have your uh, rematch at the Raw pay-per-view, then I think you'll start to see, you know, that new program you're talking about. I think they've already set set everything in motion for that. And I agree with you. They definitely deserve it. I'd like to see a little bit more of ring ability other than being thrown out of the ring onto five guys by Cass for Enzo. So I'd like to see a little bit more uh, in-ring ability for him, but he's definitely got the mic end down. Yeah, we'll see. Uh what kind of improvement he brings with work because, you know, and before I get into the next matchup, it, it reminds me of uh, something I was talking to Joey Cage with before we went on air uh, about Roman Reigns. You know, I've noticed steady improvement. I really have to say in his, you know, I just watched him with uh, Balor in that matchup and I watched what went on there and, you know, you put Balor in the ring with Reigns, and either it's because Balor raises somebody else's talent level or, or or what, but I see Reigns starting to look better. I mean, from six months ago to now, that's a different wrestler in there. I mean, he's don't get me wrong. He's still not great as a wrestler, but he is improving. I think he works at it. You got to remember, this is a football player. Okay, this is uh, football and wrestling are very different, folks, you know, so it takes a little time and, uh, you know, you can't be rigid. And also with that, though, one of the things I notice about WWE is recognize the recognition of your talent strengths. And, and I think they miss the mark on Reigns. You know, I, I want to see him turn heel. And I want to see him turn heel. I want to see a bunch of power moves. You know, I saw how he worked with Bauer. Bauer was going off the top rope. Reigns was using power moves the way he should. The one, I mean, he threw Bauer literally almost from corner to corner in the air. That's what I want to see out of him. I want to see the power. He's a big boy. 
And, and if you notice, you put him with somebody flying off the ropes and off that. I'm sorry. I, w- I thought that was a great match. And, and I, I want to know, you know, first JT, and then I want to get to the guy who, who's got a little bit of wrestling in him, how he felt about, from a technical standpoint, what that match looked like. JT, do, do you agree with me? Do, does Reigns look better in the past six months, or you, you don't see the improvement? Well, let me, let me qualify. I was at WrestleMania, and I was not one of the people booing Roman Reigns. I think Roman Reigns is a good worker. I think he does a good job in the ring. He's definitely improved steadily as each month passes by. And look at the amount of garbage, I mean, and ridicule. I mean, WWE gave him the old payback this week. Not only did he take the pin at Battleground, (laughs) (laughs) but he also takes the pin to Finn Balor on Raw for the guy's first ever opportunity at at, at the championship. So he definitely is getting his payback. Um, But, you know, it's going to be hard to turn a guy heel when you listen to him get interviewed after that match and turn around and point at Finn Balor and say, you know, I hope he kicks Seth Rollins' ass. I respect that guy. You know, it's going to be really hard to turn a guy like that heel. Um, He works hard. He takes the crap that they dump on him. Um, The Rock screwed him over two years ago, quote-unquote, helping him at the Royal Rumble. That's when all the booze started. Um, Forget the fact that Rusev was laying on the floor under the ring, hiding. But, uh, you know, I think he's been unfairly judged, and I already think he's a better ring worker than John Cena, who's a 15-time champion. I think he's more talented in the ring than John Cena. The the thing is, uh, when I saw Finn Balor and him together, I just, like I said, I saw a chemistry that I wasn't expecting. That's for sure. That was a pretty, uh, from a tech, now I, from a technical standpoint, that's what I thought I saw. Now, Joey, you're paying probably of the three of us, you're probably paying most attention to the technical aspects of it, how moves are performed, how how the reaction is, how how they're doing everything, right down to facial expressions, everything. You know, what do you, do you see in that match between Reigns and Bauer? I mean, I thought that uh, it was better than I was expecting. That's for sure. Uh, what did you feel about it? Well, it was definitely a great match, and I would actually say it was one of Roman Reigns' better matches ever. Um, in terms of everything about the match, uh, like you said, his facial expressions, there were so many things that he did that it, he looks like a guy – that is trying to prove to Vince McMahon that, as he put it on Twitter, you know, he messed up and he owns it. Uh, he looks like a guy that's trying to improve and knows that, yes, while he did go out there to put over Finn Balor, you know, a guy just debuting, a guy that's taking his spot at SummerSlam against Seth Rollins for the title that he just lost, um, you know, right. I think that while he knew that going out, he said, you know what, I'm going to put together, you know, one of my better performances. And it looked like he was, he was more into it. I, you know, the emotion, the, the little, you know, subtleties that you see, um, I think we saw a little bit more of, and I think that's good to get further into his character. I do disagree with JT on the heel thing because, I mean, he's about as heel as it gets. I don't know if anyone else gets booed anywhere near heat the what he gets, but I will say turning him heel, I, he shouldn't have included that line if their goal is to turn him heel. 
But either way, doing so won't be hard. I mean, he just, at this point, needs to viciously attack a face, and he's full-blown heel. But he gets booed, you know, more than anyone else in wrestling, and I don't think it's close. So turning him heel won't be that hard. Um, What's interesting is going forward for him, I mean, who who does he dance with at SummerSlam? Okay, but here's the thing. Hold on. Hold on for one second, JT. You know, maybe that we're seeing the setup of how he turns heel because he is put on this losing streak and he's like, Oh, I've had enough. I'm constantly, you know, uh, he starts making like he's rebelling against Vince and this, that, the other. I mean, this might be, you might be seeing the beginnings of how they do it where, yeah, you know, he's all of a sudden he's losing to this guy, this guy, and that guy. I don't know. You think he's going to go full-blown Christian and start throwing tantrums in the ring? <laughs> I think he's going to start, like I said, though, one of the things that I liked, okay, and I hope, I can only hope they use his talent correctly, and his talent is his strength. The power moves last that in that show looked fantastic. And like I Fantastic. said, now, that, that one did. throw of Balor literally – Go look at the tape, folks. I mean, he is literally just about the whole uh, crossways of the ring from corner to corner throwing that man. If you got power like that, son, break that sh- well, he's, Break that out. He's got it. <laughs> now, let me, let me respond to Joey on this. Here's a thought. Whether he turns heel or not, I think, has a lot to do with who's holding that universal championship. I think if Seth Rollins is holding that championship – He's not turning heel. I think if Finn Balor's holding that title, I think he will be a heel. So I think it has to do with who's holding the belt. Uh, I would agree with that for the most part. The one thing I would say, though, is that as awesome as it is that Finn Balor and Seth Rollins, probably two of the greatest guys to come out of NXT, uh, you know, are going to have that championship match at SummerSlam. As much as that is cool, I mean, there is simply no way that WWE is putting the belt on Balor, uh, not this quick and just not at all at SummerSlam. And I mean, even more so, I I think, you know, when Rollins retains the title and he continues or down the line continues a feud with Roman Reigns, I mean, I think that's when you'll see the much rumored double turn where Rollins officially goes face and, you know, Reigns officially goes heel. Because Rollins is too well-liked and too well-respected by the WWE Universe to really be a heel. And Reigns is too hated. I mean, too, you know, just absolutely hated. Uh, and even more so now with the suspension thing. But, you know, to not be a heel. He, he absolutely has to be. He will thrive in the heel role. And I want to go on record saying that, that when he does, you know, completely turn heel and, you know, becomes a, a powerhouse heel, he will thrive in that role and it's something WWE hasn't wanted to do, but I'm sure they've realized, I mean, at this point, they don't have a choice. And I'm, I, for one, am just happy that in terms of being the number one guy, the Roman Empire has fallen and the Roman Reigns experiment is over. And, I mean, that just makes me so happy because there are so many guys that deserve that spot way ahead of them. Well, the Roman Reigns got screwed in typical Shawn Michaels, Vince McMahon fashion, let's be honest because Brock Lesnar is not going to get suspended for the exact same thing. So it's because he's only a part-time wrestler. So let's be realistic. He got screwed. The the Empire's not over. It's just a little bit of a delay. As for 
Seth Rollins, come on, he would be the worst face on the planet because he cannot have his relationship with Stephanie McMahon the way it is right now as a face. They're not going to turn that. This guy would be a terrible face, and it'd be a waste of his talent. He's a See, hold, hold on. Wait, JT. So answer me this: When Seth Rollins and Triple H feud, you think Seth is the heel in that in that uh, in that match? Well, you need to look over in the other chair. He's the one predicting the uh, Triple H feud, not me. <laughs> oh no, that's gonna happen. I I, I would predict that as well. Uh, he's absolutely gonna have a match with Triple H. Well, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time you've had two heels feud either in WWE. So. I, all my my point being, Rollins is an amazing heel. They would be stupid to take him out of that out of that role. Just like they're starting to learn with Jericho when they were trying to push the face thing with him. Dude's too good a heel to push the face thing with Jericho, and I think you're going to see the same thing with Rollins over his career. How much of that is really because Jericho is an ass, though? Yeah. Oh, I love Jericho though. So I, you know, hey. So I listen. You know. I no, no. I like him as a wrestler. I respect him and all that. But uh, I'm, I don't because I don't know. I, I, it seems like can you ever watch somebody act and you go, hmm, you know that that that's pretty close. You know that that's either really good <laughs> acting or you're you think just, he's just being himself. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I, that's what I'm wondering. If anybody out there knows, uh, please let me know. Fancy Jester at Yahoo.com, uh, anywhere, just any old way, please let us know. Hit, hit us up on Twitter. But, uh, no, uh, what I, and next, here, here's what I want to get to next is, uh, you know, on our other shows, in particular on the Fantasy Jester show, it's widely known that Heidi Watney is the second coming of Mrs. Jester eventually. Once I figure out how to get rid of Mrs. Jester. Um, Does she know that? No, she has no clue. Why do you think I'm sending her on that shark dive in August, though? No, no, I'm talking about Heidi Watney. Does she know she's the second coming? Oh, she has no clue yet. She has no clue yet. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. Not yet. Not yet. I got to wait. You know, I mean, that's not, it'll look suspicious if Heidi uh, is in the picture beforehand. (laughs) Uh-huh. You know, but uh, no, now you see here, here's a whole nother direction. I could, instead of Heidi Watney, okay, um, I recently, as uh, we've talked about, I've been to a WWE show here in Orlando and was literally um, three feet away from Sasha Banks. And she is absolutely adorable. And here's our hope here. And I'm putting this out there. Whether it's any of the people in WWE, friends of Sasha Banks, or, you know, somebody help me on this. I want to have Sasha Banks on the show. She seemed, like I said, she was three feet away from me, and she was, like, really nice to the crowd. She really seemed like a nice person, besides that she's absolutely adorable, but she really seemed like a nice person. And I want to be able to talk to her and find out, you know, I've had the opportunity to talk to the male wrestlers. I haven't had an opportunity yet to talk to a female wrestler and what it's like to be a female wrestler in the biz. So, you know, I think I just like her personality. Besides, like I said, she's adorable, but 
I, I think she has a good personality to interview on the radio, and I'd like to be able to talk to her. So please, anybody out there, um, get get her in touch with me, me in touch with her. Somehow, let's get this to happen so that we can get her on the show. I, I like yeah. to hear her perspective. Yeah. I think you're still riding high off of that Jenna Hurd interview from the Fantasy Jester show this past Saturday night. So that's what it sounds like. You're still riding high off of that. What a great guest she was. Oh, yeah. And, and, folks, you know, just real quick, we'll get back to wrestling in a second. Yeah, Jenna Hurt, absolutely phenomenal young lady. Uh, if you have the opportunity, go back to the Fantasy Jester archives, and that is, you can get that uh, through the FantasyJesterSports.com website. Go to the archives and go check out Jenna Hurt and the story. We had a whole thing for young women and to empower young women Phenomenal young lady, uh, pretty young lady, too. I actually have some pictures, and we're going to have her article up uh, by this weekend. We're doing an article on her as well. Absolutely fantastic. So, yeah. um, No, actually, like I said, I I want to keep a nice balance, JT, in what we do here. Uh, Not just have it all men. You know, there are women in sports, Uh and there are some very talented women and like we met with uh, with Jenna, absolutely incredible woman uh, traveling the world, bringing things to children uh, that they've never had. So, um, no, well, I, I, mean, I want to be able to meet yeah, everybody. The women's division, the women's division is probably in the best shape it's been in a decade. You know, when you had Lita and Trish and, and those ladies on their way out, um, you know, because it took a real, uh, real turn for the worse for a while there, but. You know, they NXT, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, they've rebuilt this, uh, you know, division. And there's there's some definitely, ta- you know, talented women in there. So I agree with you. We can get them on the show by all means. Yeah, you know, I, I want to start working on reaching out and seeing who we can go ahead, get on the show. Because I do. I have some questions for uh, the women wrestlers about their program, what they do, and, you know, what they see in the business uh, at their end of it. Do they meet, uh, you know, what are their challenges and stuff? So I, I really would like to speak to somebody there. We'll work on that for our fans. I promise you that we will have somebody soon. Don't know who, but we hey, will. One, one last thing I got to say before we leave Raw. What did they do to Braun Strowman by bringing Dick Clark into the ring to wrestle him? <laughs> I mean, I was like, "Are you kidding me? Is he gonna? Is the ball gonna drop? Is he gonna give us a countdown? Are we gonna, you know, get some oldies going?" I'm like, "This is what they're gonna do with Braun Strowman." I was just like, "Man, what a waste!" Is uh, you know, you probably, and I could be wrong. You probably would have gotten a better match had you had him slap me around. Probably, I would have enjoyed it more. I can tell you, I would, you know, it would have been more, you know. I have heard, is it true that you have had uh, several copies of my match where I got my ass kicked uh, by Bill Crude? I heard that one of those copies you have bronzed and on your mantle. Is that is that accurate? Well, actually, what I did was I, I had my, my hard drive that I put it on bronzed and put on the mantle. You know, so you know, it just means means a little bit more to me that way. But you know, I've distributed it around as well. You know, it's good, oh, you're good proud of that. 
Yes, you Absolutely. were very proud of that, it seems. Before we go to SmackDown, I got one more, though, uh, and I want to ask both you guys how you feel. We're going to start with Joey Cage, uh, if he could put the friggin' beer down. Uh, Joey, you, you got a minute? I don't mean to interrupt yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> I know he's over. The, he's been hanging out. And he takes time out. You know, like all of a sudden, you and I will start talking. Why is he and not there he is. Corona as a sponsor yet is my question. But anyway, I think he's working towards a Corona uh, sponsorship <laughs> on this. That'd be huge. And then I'm watching. You know, he, he leaves. He leaves the uh, chair over here uh, by the microphone, and, and he starts hanging out with the production people. They're not even paying attention to. See if the sound levels are still fine. Maybe we're off the air all of a sudden by accident. I don't know. I'm waiting for somebody to hit the kill switch, and all of a sudden we go. Oh, never mind. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we'll get the last ones before we get to SmackDown. And, uh, Joey, how do you feel Neville being back? What do, you, what, do you, what do you think about that? Where do you think he's headed better yet? Well, Neville uh, being back is huge. I think that, you know, he's one of the guys, you're talking about a guy who was one of the brightest stars of FXC, uh, I'm sorry, NXT. Uh, I'd be awesome if he was with us, but uh, NXT. And, um, you know, one of the brightest stars there, a guy that's been regarded by guys like Seth Rollins, uh, Daniel Bryan, you know, and uh, I think for him, it'll be interesting because they're bringing the cruiserweight division back. And um, I'm not sure if he'll be a part of that or if he'll be a part of uh, the IC title or, you know, U.S. title picture. But I think that they do have big plans for him because he's very, very talented um, and uh, a huge, huge addition for Raw, very underrated. He's going to be a great performer for Raw for years to come. you feel the same? What do you think, JT? You like having Neville back? Oh, he, he's got cruiserweight champ written all over him. Uh, exciting guy to watch. Uh, great energy, skills, second to none in my opinion in the ring as far as what he can do um i'm one of those people that still would like to see him and finn Balor team up or or square off one of these days i think that would be fun to watch but uh yeah great having him back i think they've got uh, over the last five months yeah i think they've got uh different plans for mr Balor than they do mr yeah they do that's not gonna happen okay but Yeah, oh, yeah, no doubt. With that said, though, who do you think that they are going to match him up with, JT? Well, I I think, again, cruiserweight, you know, he's going to be in that cruiserweight division. Um, Do you really see them putting him back in a tag team? You know, I think he's basically just going to run singles at this point. Um, As far as opponent-wise, looking at their roster, I mean, what they have, uh, Curtis Axel, you know, again. Yeah. it's really hard to say with what uncreative is going to do with him. Uh, you put him in there with Curtis Axel that he might as well wrestle the same guy that, you know, Braun Strowman wrestled at this point. Um, I think it's yet to be determined. I don't even think they know what they want to do with him yet. All right. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that might be the case. They're still working some of the kinks out, uh, and that's quite possible. What I want to do is uh, go ahead. We've only got eight minutes left, and I need a couple of those minutes myself at the end. Um, Joe, pardon me? I said two minutes should cover SmackDown. (laughs) All right. So let's go with the first minute or two uh, with Joey Cage. (laughs) Joey, you wrote the article. What what should we be paying attention to at SmackDown Live? What did you uh, 
What do you think we should be uh, paying attention to with them? Where are they going? Uh, well, what are they doing? the only thing, in my opinion, SmackDown Live really did uh, in terms of advancing storylines and anything interesting and worth talking about whatsoever uh, was the opening segment and the closing one, really, uh, in which Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan, who will always come out to a huge pop thanks to Daniel Bryan, uh, and that works in their favor, but they opened the show. Um, I think that what they set up in terms of the six-pack challenge uh, was a great way to determine the number one contender and having five picked uh, and the battle royal immediately following the opening segment. I think that was pretty good. Um, Apollo Crews winning that uh, I think was good for him going forward, despite the fact that he didn't win in the main event. But, uh, and you know, this is the biggest storyline out of SmackDown. The winner of that main event was Dolph Ziggler, uh, a guy who, in my opinion, deserves it. Uh, surprise pick. I'm very, I'm surprised that they went with him, but it's much deserved, and he will have a great program with Ambrose. Uh, JT, I don't know if you were drinking as well, but you had mentioned that Ambrose and Ziggler have had quite a few matches uh, in the in the last few months. I can't remember them having a match in 2016 or 15. I don't know if you could point me to one of those matches, but um, I don't I think they're the going to have a great one at SummerSlam. It was on Raw. I've seen him wrestle on Raw. They've had him wrestle a few times. Um, you know, from talking to a few people that I discussed it with earlier today, they brought the same thing up. So, you know, and actually I've never had a drink in my life, so I know I wasn't drinking. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. Never in your but, life, eh? No, sir. I don't touch it. Never have, never will. Um, but That's interesting. Back to, back to SmackDown, though. Uh, the new camera angle, man, I felt like Eric Cartman, man. It just didn't, didn't do nothing but piss me off the whole show. Um, <laughs> they really need to lose. They need to lose that damn camera angle. That was horrible. Um, I, could Kane have – Kane could have stepped over the rope in the Battle Royal, and it looked more realistic than the end of that. Yeah. Um, that, that was terrible. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, again, it's not an indictment on him. He's fantastic, phenomenal. Uh but to me, it's not even interesting. I mean, I'm not even interested in that match. Well, let me ask you, know, you this. Gonna... JT, let me ask you this then. If you take out Cena and Styles because you know that they're going to have a match, and Ambrose, who's also had a program with Bray Wyatt, I mean, as many times as he has Ziggler, you're not going to give it to Cruz because, I mean, that's just as, as good of a push as it would be. It'd be totally unbelievable for Cruz to have a chance against Ambrose I mean, who do you really give that spot to out of those six guys? Or if it's not well, in those six guys, it. who do you give it to in general? That That's just it. You know, you're, you you got to follow up Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. So that bar is set to the top. You've got to follow high. that. What better way to do that to me is you say Styles Ambrose. Yeah. Well, that's what All I would right, do that, if he wasn't in a program with Cena, though. You know what? He's in a program with Cena. Cena will still be around doing his two and a half moves six months from now in the ring. You, know, <laughs> you, you, you push it at that point. At this point, it's for the better of the show. You want excitement. You want new matches. You want something that the fans are going to go nuts over. The phenomenal one versus yeah. the, you know, the Ambrose. Assignment. Absolutely. That's how you follow up Ballard versus Rollins, in my opinion. I agree. I agree with that. I can say I agree with that. All right. So, so, you know, just just disappointed with SmackDown in general. Hopefully they come back stronger next week. 
Nobody liked uh, Orton versus The Miz? Uh, really I think aversive? it did good for the program in terms of or for Orton, I'm sorry. Uh, I think it did great for him. Uh, you know, it, it played up his shoulder injury. It played up how he can hit the RKO out of nowhere. Um, and it also played up, you know, just how devastating the RKO can be. Um, it did good for him. And he's a guy that's going to pretty much have to carry this feud with Brock Lesnar to SummerSlam almost by himself as Brock might make one, maybe two appearances until then. And, I mean, thus far, though, I must say Orton's doing a pretty good job, and I'm looking forward to that match. Well, let me just say one thing about Orton, okay? When he said that, um, you know, no enhancement needed, I, I just got three words for Randy Orton, pot, kettle, black. So, yeah. you know, Randy Orton's been dinged for that several times. So, you know, let's uh, – <laughs> Let's not forget that, Randy. As for Lesnar, I believe he's supposed to make an appearance on Raw this week. So yeah. I'm sure uh, him, well, more realistic, Heyman will have something to say about that. Hmm. I uh, got to tell you guys, the uh, women, the women's match, Becky Lynch, Natalia, uh, Joey, <laughs> what would you, I mean, you, you wrote on it. You didn't seem uh, really happy about it. Yeah, well, I mean, in my opinion, it was the finish that they should have went with at Battleground, and if they were going to go with that on SmackDown, then they shouldn't have and should have saved that for SummerSlam. I mean, that is – and what, do they still have a match at SummerSlam? I mean, and if so, that's pretty played out and ridiculous. So I think that, you know, that match was – it was great to see Becky Lynch pick up the win – um, and it's great to see WWE get behind her again. I, I really didn't think she should have lost at Battleground, but the introduction of some of the newer uh, female wrestlers, um, you know, it, especially like JT had mentioned, without a women's title, unless SmackDown Live, you know, debuts a title this next week, you know, or something like that, I mean, why are they fighting? Well, you know, WWE needs to uh, work on, you know, whatever story they're going to, and make it a good one if they're not going to have a belt to compete over, um, because that'll be very hard for them to accomplish, especially while introducing new, fresh, green, you know, talent mm-hmm. that, I mean, you already don't have a reason to fight over. All right. Quick thought. Quick thought. Total Divas is starting up again here in three weeks. Maybe the Divas title's brought back for SmackDown. I agree. I think that's what's going to happen. No doubt. Let me ask you something, guys. Real quick on this, we have just about a minute. Throw me one quick name, Joey Cage, a woman that's coming up that we need to pay attention to. Uh, Nia Jax. JT, woman coming up we need to pay attention to. That woman's, uh, I think Bailey's going to get a big push. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. That's that's the one I'm watching. There you go. Um, and that has been FXC Live. That is a fast hour, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Folks, FXC Live is bringing you everything that we can in our articles on fantasyjusticesports.com, bringing you everything on the wrestling show. And we have some guests that we are lining up. And now, like I said, I'm going to add I'm going to try and get one of the uh, lady wrestlers on, but Joey Cage and I are headed down to the WWE facility, the training facility in Orlando next week. 
We're going to see what we can come up with. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been FXE Live. I am the Fantasy Jester. I am out of here.